Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia, but not on 87.6 or on the internet because you're listening to the delayed broadcast. I think they do listen to 87.6, 87.8 and 88 with the delayed broadcast. Here's oh, how it works. I, I, I Is that how it works, Marta, the producer? Yes, she's not in us. Yeah, you got yeah. that wrong. Okay. Oh, ouch. <laughs> Look, I, I'm new here. I'm the ring-in. They don't pay me enough to know this stuff. Okay, guys. So. It is Lawson and one with the breakfast show this morning on Faith FM. Lawson Filligan for Layal. He'll be back tomorrow. And uh, this is a delayed broadcast introduction, as you already know. Uh, if you wanted the live show, which we totes recommend, give us a call. Hassle us. 1-800-FAITH-FM. 1-800-324-843. Uh, part of the... Uh, what's that town way up north again that's just become... Just become live. The really, the really way up. Townsville. Townsville Townsville is no longer part of your gang. Townsville is no longer part of the delayed broadcast gang. Sorry, delayed broadcast listeners. You've lost a (laughs) member. They have managed to hassle us so much that we did the switch for them and um, our techies. Nice. And they are now part of the live gang. So, yeah, dwindling in numbers on the delayed broadcast. So, yeah, if you want the live show, which you totes should, give us a call. Hassle us up. Lawson, guess what? What? Okay, so tomorrow when Lyle gets back... Lyle and I have the biggest news ever to mm. share on Faith FM. Like, it's the biggest, fattest news we've ever, ever told on, what is on, it? on, on radio. I'm not going to tell you until tomorrow. Oh, come on. But You're going to have to tune in. You're going to have to tune in tomorrow to hear it. Our, our delayed cast listeners will have to either tune in via the tune in app or via our website, which is faithfm.com.au, and just press play on the live stream. Or they're going to have to wait until Monday when they're delayed broadcast. I mean, there could be a week out. Sometimes they're like a week behind and delayed broadcast. Mm-hmm. So. They're going to have to wait, but it's going to be huge news. It is. I can't wait. I've been sitting on this big news for like a couple of weeks now, and I'm just mm-hmm. dying to share it with the glarb. So here goes. Man. Anyway, stay tuned. We have an awesome show coming up for you today. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. I just want to know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you when the microphones are off. <laughs> anyway, stay tuned. Great show coming up for you right after this. Yeah. 
Welcome back to Faith M. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, or 88, or on the internet, or on the TuneIn app, wherever you are. We're really stoked to have you on the show, and we're now coming up to the time where we announce the quiz. Yes, it's time for the Breakfast Bible Quiz. Time to give you a little brains, a little morning workout. Make sure you get your wheat picks and your brain gears <laughs> going. Okay, this morning it's a, a Who Am I quiz, and the mm. first clue is this. This was spoken to me. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. Oh, mm. I, oh I, I know who this is. Oh, yeah? I know who this is. Okay, write it down for me, Lawson. In the meantime, if you know who that is, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is 1-800-324-843. Lawson has got it correct. There's only one prize for this one this morning. And uh, you can text the answer if you prefer, 0491. Zero six four six six nine, and uh, if you get it right, of course we're going to send you the prize. Fully, it's man, I got destroyed yesterday. You did. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, I'm I'm proud of myself. Like yeah. today, good on know. Pam yesterday oh. from Albury. She got yeah. it before you did. But now I'm built up from the ashes. Yes, that, that broke me down. After <laughs> that, I was like. <laughs> Oh man, I gotta get myself on track. Gotta you know? redeem like, yourself. <laughs> yes. Now I have. Well, so. good on you, Lawson. Awesome. Well, what do we have in the news? Oh, today? Lawson, I'm in gonna I'm gonna attempt I'm gonna attempt to tell three good news stories in the Oof. one day because there's so much good news coming out of the world today. I just I'm snowed under. I'm gonna try and share everything that I possibly can. So this is a super cute story, right? So <laughs> there's a little kid. He's four years old. Uh, his name is Rupert Cross, and he has been diagnosed with a very rare blood disorder. Um, it mm-hmm. unfortunately requires him to undergo uh, chemotherapy in a specialist unit uh, at the hospital for 80 days straight. That's that's really yeah. really terrible. 80 days straight of chemotherapy. And uh, and he um, he was obviously looking for a bone marrow donor to try and help his situation get better. And uh, and one day at the hospital, <laughs> a guy comes in uh, called Billy Higgins. And <laughs> so Billy Higgins was at the hospital. Uh, it doesn't say what reason. I think he was just dropping off flowers for someone. And uh, and while he was there, he saw this woman, and he was like, "Wow, I like her." And uh, nice, nice. <laughs> and so, what a motivator. Yeah. And so he sees this beautiful woman, and he. He's attracted to her and she's standing in a queue, she's standing in a line. So he's like, I know, I'll go jump in the same line. So he jumps <laughs> in the same line with the hope of like meeting this beautiful 
beautiful woman, not even knowing what the line's for. <laughs> so he's standing in this queue and he gets to the front of the line and it's his turn and he goes up to the counter and basically they are registering um, organ donors. Yeah. Or donors of any variety. And so he's like, oh, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> and uh, still with the hope of meeting this woman. So he takes his forms and he sits down next to her and he starts filling in his forms, right? And uh, and they ended up meeting mm-hmm. and he ended up filling in the donation form and handed it in. And then two beautiful things came out of this. One, they discovered that he was a perfect match for young um, Rupert Cross. Oh. Awesome. Rare as hen's teeth, but he was a perfect match. So he was able to donate and uh, and save this kid's life. And the woman ended up becoming his wife. Oh, nice. <laughs> Isn't that My such man. a great story? <laughs> <laughs> so this happened at the Great Ormond Street Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and they are celebrating, uh, I guess, but it's just a really sweet story. Can you Dude, imagine? That is awesome. Yeah, some guys are Two birds in one stone. I know, right? Yeah. I know. Save a life, get a wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Guys, if you're single and looking for a lady, maybe head to your local hospital and yeah, uh, hospitals, sign up for organ donation. Hospitals, take note. If you you start like a speed dating thing, yeah. like sa- yeah. save it like so you can enter by being an organ uh-huh, donor, that's and it. then you you enter into the pool of speed daters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, if, you know, and usually organ donors are pretty stand up people because they're doing yes. a good thing. So yeah. look, you'll find someone for you. That's I right. guarantee. Are you an organ donor? Um, yeah, probably not. You should be, man. I should be. I'm gonna. You know what? It's been I'm so long go since I find a woman. By uh, donating, you're gonna go <laughs> yeah. down to the uh, to yeah. the uh, what is it? The RTA and donate. <laughs> Make sure they have that on your license. I'm an organ donor. I don't remember how I did it though. I'm pretty sure when I first got my license, I nominated to be an organ donor. But I do know that I've already donated my body to science if I pass away. So I remember nice. I called up a place and said, "Hey, you can have it if you know." If I leave. <laughs> anyway, so second amazing story. Also coming out of a hospital this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, all my three stories are medical related. This is a really great story. Um, doesn't involve a bit of gambling. Uh, so there's a team of nurses. You know how often in workplaces they do like a syndicate lottery thing and yep. they all like chip in mm-hmm. and they buy the lottery tickets mm-hmm. together. So um, there's a team of nurses at the Mercy Children's Hospital in Missouri um, who actually won the lottery. And uh, they didn't win like, you know, a billion dollars, but they won like, quite a fat sum. And uh, and the team of nurses, this is incredible. Like if you won the lottery, probably the last thing on your mind would be to give it all away. You might give yeah. some of it away to charity, yeah. you're going to pay your tithes, you're going to help out your family, whatever it's going to take there. Maitland Church Roof Fund. Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Maitland Church Roof Fund, that's it. Um, this team of nurses, they won the lottery and instead of keeping any of it for themselves, they pulled the money together and gave it to two of their staff members. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Gretchen Post and Casey Olorella. Uh both of them had experienced just devastating heartbreak uh, in the past year. So one of the nurses, Gretchen Post, um, she's, you know, she was in the middle of grieving the loss of her son who died on the night of the lottery drawing. Wow. And, um, and you know, she, she has to pay for his funeral. She's a single mom, very mm. expensive to pay for funerals. And so that was one of the first nurses that they gave the entire sum to. And the other one that they split it with 50-50, um, uh, Casey Aurel and Anna, she, she had been struggling to make ends meet ever since her husband was diagnosed with sarcoma earlier mm. this year. And so I just, it just touches my heart to think about that. I mean, I know that if I won the lottery, sure, I'd be very generous, but I wouldn't be giving it all away. Yeah. Like this yeah, is an incredible sure. gesture of love from, from mm. your other family, that your friends, yeah. your work friends. And it's, it's important to remember that often, you know, the people we work with, we might, f- 
you know, have beef with them, but mm. often the people you work with are the people you spend most of your life really? with. Yeah, and to and to you know, really um, cultivate th- those relationships with your workmates and and have the love in your workplace. Mm. Okay, third story. How am I doing for time? Okay, right. good, good, You've good. Got this. You got this. I, got I believe this. in you. This is amazing. Also medical related, but this is uh, not in a hospital. Uh, so back pain may soon be a thing of the past. No way. Absolutely. Back pain. Back pain. Huge problem. I didn't realize this. Did you know, get this, we are so in the wrong job. We should be like working in back pain or something because mm-hmm. like in the United States alone, this story is coming from the US, the stats are US stats. Um, suffering from back or neck pain uh, and treatment and the care are required for that is such a huge economic uh, section. It's an estimated $195 billion. 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 With a B. With a B. With a B billion. $195 billion a year. That's how much money, US, that's how much money is spent on the back pain industry. Man. We need Run to in- invent some sort of back cream or dude. back well, brace yesterday, or something. Like we proved that we can solve like air conditioning problems, air conditioning yeah, yeah, yeah. and unemployment. So, <laughs> yeah. look, and we're going to win three million. <laughs> yeah, we're going to win three million with our new air conditioning system. But I think three oh. million is just a, a drop in the ocean compared to one hundred ninety-five yeah. billion. But we can invest that into our new back pain machine. That's it. That's going to just revolutionize well, the world. I'm not sure our back pain machine is going to be as good as what they're doing here. So what they've done. <laughs> So it's an exciting new study. Uh, it's coming out, and um, it's from Penn Medicine. But scientists believe that we'll soon be able to grow new spinal discs from a person's own cells as a means of replacing the deteriorated ones that cause back and neck pain. <laughs> like you, it's like a lizard. You're basically yeah. regenerating a busted limb. Mm-hmm. Isn't that incredible? That's in. That's like I'd never thought humans dude, would have the capacity to do that kind of lizard magic, and now here we are. What What is like the means they're able to do that through? Okay, this is going to be very sciencey, and I only okay. have a minute left, so pay attention. Right? Hit me. Uh, so they're grown from stem cells uh, that were successfully implanted, um, which and they provide a long term function. And uh, <laughs> so they did it in animals, and which were uh, evaluated for bioengineered disc replacement. So the soft tissues in the spinal column, the in intervertebral discs are essential for motions. Mm. And um, while the degeneration is often associated with the pain, the underlying causes of disgeneration are less understood. This is going to get so sciencey. So uh, <laughs> what they have to do is they have to get the to grow a large disc in the lab and then they have to get it into the disc space and then they have to start mm-hmm. integrating that with the surrounding native tissue. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very promising for how it's working, but I think the main part is, I mean, to put this in layman's terms, they take your cells out of your body, they stick it in a petri dish and grow it there and then they stick it back in mm-hmm. as opposed to getting some sort of like animal tissue from somewhere yeah. else and growing it in that and then sticking that in like a, mm-hmm. like a, a non-native cell. Yeah. So yeah, this could be really cool. If you have back pain, I would say stay tuned, start researching this. You never know where this may end up. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lauren Daigle with How Can It Be? Thank you. 
Good morning and welcome back to Faith FM. You are joined here by Lawson and Monica and probably listening right across Australia to us right now. But, Monica, what is yes. the next clue for the quiz? Well, there's no point. Why? Is because I'm so good? <laughs> no, because Matthew from South Australia has smashed it on the first clue. Oof. Good thing you on knew who man. it was because we would have had to give out double prize to young Two Matthew. Two days in a row. Luckily, you know, I was, I was on <laughs> yeah, with this yeah. one. Your ego would have taken a booting. Yeah. Congratulations, Matthew from South Australia. You have got the correct answer. Of course, it was Ishmael. It was Ishmael who was told that he will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. Mm. Poor Ishmael. Uh, if you would... Uh, Rough go. Like to have a go at the Breakfast Bible Quiz. Tune in tomorrow morning. There'll be another one. Um, Matthew, you have won a copy of The Great Controversy, Past, Present, Future, How Will It End? Really phenomenal book that is going to change mm-hmm. your life. That is in the mail for you coming up soon. Lawson, what's happening around the world? Tell us, tell oh, us. Oh, man, there's some wild stuff going on. Oh, like, yeah? The world is just going off. But the first question I want to ask you, mm-hmm. have you ever Uh-oh. said any false truths on, on your CV? On my on my own on your resume. No, you've no, never you never no, done. I'm a too false, nervous about it. False truth thing. I know a few. I've friends. seen I've seen enough movies where like someone's lied on their resume <laughs> and then they get called out later. And I'm like, I damn nah. Dude, fully. Well, uh, I know some friends have done the classic, like, proficient in Microsoft Office, and like. Apparently, that's more of a dude thing. Guys will be like the ones like. For example, they might know like a few words in Spanish, and so they'll put down that they're fluent in Spanish. Yeah, where a woman That's might me. like <laughs> no, a woman will like know half the Spanish language and still be like, "Oh, I couldn't. I'm not fluent now." Why are you putting this beginners. on guys now? But wow. no, that's, that's the psyche of it. Like, it's I'm not. <laughs> nah. It's not me coming up with those stats. That's like yeah. legit. Men will over exaggerate. Women will under exaggerate mm. on their resumes. Fully. Well, this this is wild. So, a woman in. Greece, a Greek woman, she's 53 years old, she's a cleaner uh-huh. in Greece, uh-huh. and she has been sentenced <gasps> to 10 years in jail What for lying on her CV. It had better be a good, like... Dude, dude, so check this out. Well, the, the, the sentence has recently been suspended because there's lots of um, uproar yeah. against this decision. Because they probably say everyone does it. The reason why is... I, I want, actually, I want to give you a guess. What do you think if someone was to get 10 years in prison, okay. what, what would they lie about? I'm pretty CV? sure it's going to have to be something that involves life. So she probably like lied about being a surgeon or a doctor or something that involves looking after people's lives. She's a cleaner. She's a cleaner. She probably lied about being a surgeon. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Check this out. She had only completed five years of primary school instead of the six required. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> so it wasn't even about like her skill set or nothing. No, 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 no. She, 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 she was applying for a cleaner job. I thought she was like, you know, going for the money and applying like to be a, an M, you know, a GP or something. Mm. No, and no, totally no, no, lied no. It. no, she just lied about her schooling. Yeah. As a for a cleaner position, you don't need to go to any school to be a cleaner. And it's it, it's not even like her her college degree. It's not even high school. It's primary school. That's ridiculous. She said she did six years when she only did five. That is utter rubbish. <laughs> this is in Greece. In Greece, this yeah. Is in Greece, man. There's been like massive outroar, good and backlash against this. Um, Do you know? 
Sorry, the uh, the Hellenic League of Human Rights called the ruling simply inhumane. Yeah, they the, were like, "This is there just must be not something right. else going on there. There must be something else." Do you know what? I bet right now, if you took that woman and sat her down and gave her the exit exams for the sixth grade, she could pass them all in flying colours. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Dude. That's just, like, what is it? Like, colour within the lines? <laughs> know your ABCs? <laughs> well, I think it'd be a little bit more difficult than that. I don't but I'm think still so. not defending it. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just the silliest thing She ever. shouldn't have lied. Yeah. But there should not be that kind of a punishment Ten for it. Years yeah. sentence. Dude, that would suck to cop, man. Ten years. Ten years, Ten years. in jail. And she's just trying to better her life. That's, that's not fair. You yeah. know, I'm glad that we serve a God who is not only just, but he's also fair. So, he would not have condoned her lying, but he also wouldn't have... I just... I can't bring myself to believe that God would have mm. handed out a 10-year sentence, which also is, like, one of the reasons why, you know, I don't... Mm. I don't believe... I believe in the Bible version of hell, not the one that people come up with, with this mm-hmm. whole hell is an eternal, you know, burning and condemnation for sinners. Because it's, it's... If you think about... You know, people live, like, what, 60, 70, 80 years? Mm. How is a eternal burning in hell... A just punishment for only like 60, 70, 80 years of sin. Like, yeah. It, it's, it's doesn't, it doesn't equate at all. It's like punishing a 50-something-year-old woman with 10 years of prison because she lied about <laughs> the sixth grade. Yeah. Like, that's the equivalent. So, and, it just, and we recognize that what, the, what is happening to this woman isn't just. Mm-hmm. We should also recognize that that concept of God isn't, is false. Mm. And uh, the Bible doesn't say anything about hell in that regard. Well, it's somewhat of like a, a woman caught in adultery story. Oh, yeah. You know, how mm-hmm. like they, they catch the women in, the, in adultery and they're all like, yeah, let's stone her. And then Jesus reaches down, you know, writes on the ground. Yeah. And he, he essentially he starts writing, um, you know, scholars have debated this, but they say that he started writing everyone's sins mm-hmm. on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then they continue to call out and he comes up and he says, you know, he who has not sinned cast the first stone. And, it, you know, they see that, oh, man, we're actually in the wrong here and, and everyone disperses and, and leaves. Um, and, yeah, I can just see for this woman, like, the same thing's going on. Um, there's someone sort of, I don't know, technically made a decision on some law and some rule book and was like, yeah, 10 years prison, tried to throw the book at mm, her for doing mm. absolutely nothing. You know, there are times where it's justified, like people throwing the book at someone, but there are times where it's not. And this is one of those situations. And it's good that people are standing up and saying, like, like there's massive protests going on over this, actually, in Greece. Good. Um, there should is, be protesting. Dude, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but today, our next news story, I'm going to cover this briefly, but... Again, the world is wild. Um, so, man, all this stuff, this crazy stuff is happening in Russia at the moment. Oh, go on. So, essentially, the timeline of what's happened is there was a couple of Ukrainian Navy ships. Mm-hmm. Um, they were traveling on the across, like along the coast of Crimea. Yeah. Um, but it was the Russian annex section. Okay. So, the Border Patrol... Um, then, you know, started radioing, like the Russian Border Patrol started radioing the, the boats, these Ukrainian boats, and were like, hey, what are you doing? And they just didn't respond. So then they fired on, um, boarded and captured these Ukrainians and, and put them in Russian prisons or oh. like like naval prisons, you know, in mm-hmm. detention for a time. And, man, this thing has just blown up and it's just like going crazy the ukraine has now gone into martial law what yeah and it's like they're they're saying that this is an act of war from russia russia isn't backing down either they're like no of course they're not they're russia vladimir putin he's like we have the right to do this this is our border we can do whatever we want 
um, you know, now all the other, you know, Western countries are weighing into what's going on. They're like, a lot of countries are saying that what Russia did was illegal, which I, I don't really see um, because it was their border and they do have the right to do that. But again, again, it comes down to like whether it was just or not. Like, but yeah, it's just, dude, this thing is blowing up. Now, uh, Donald Trump's weighing in on the issue that Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin are set to talk at the, the G20 summit and Donald Trump saying, hey, if like you don't release these guys, then we're not going to run run the summit because this is... This is just ridiculous and, man, it's just crazy. Yeah. Like, like this sm- smallish incident has ended up like, uh, you know, the Ukraine and Russia have already been in massive uh, tension for yeah. the last couple of years. You yeah, know? so much history between those two. Um, and now it's just like blowing up even more. Just, you know, this one drop in the ocean, this one pin, and it's like... Oh, man. And it's, it's just so much pride involved on both sides. Mm-hmm. I think if these leaders were a little bit gentler with each other yeah. instead of just so arcing up, oh. Man, 100%. I think that's the thing is that everyone just wants to show that they've got they've got it. You know? yeah, yeah. Well, we've got what it takes. We, mm-hmm. We're we'll, the muscle. Yeah. Look at our biceps. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it is, isn't it? But I think it really rings true like to, to how the Bible describes the end times. It's mm. not only wars. But it's also rumors, rumors of wars. wars. And we're seeing here, this is like, this is essentially what's going on here. Some like tiny incident happens and then everyone's arcing up and it's like, oh, we're going to start war. We're going to declare war. We're all angry. And we're just seeing this, you know, more and more. Even when the Bible says like, this is a time like that the people will be calling for peace and safety. And definitely that is, you know, yeah. you've got the United Nations and all these institutions that are like, oh, yeah, we're going to achieve Yeah, because these constant peace. rumors of wars is a great way to keep the entire world stressed out. Mm. Yeah. But we're just seeing now, like, it doesn't matter how many institutions are in place to try and stop wars and create peace. Like, it's just growing and growing mm-hmm. and growing and things are getting, in my opinion, things are continuing continuing to get worse well the good thing about being christians is that we can have peace and safety mm. in jesus even oh, if man. not on this planet well, we we know where our home is we know Amen. he's gonna save us so. uh-huh. man awesome no, no need to stress about the russia and the ukraine <laughs> stay tuned this is matt maker you are my joy you are my song You are the way, the one I'm drawing from You are my refuge, my whole life long Where else would I go? Surely my God is the strength of my soul Your love defends me, your love defends me And when I feel like all alone Your love defends me Your love defends me Yeah Day after day Night after night
Your love defends me. Your love defends me. And when I feel like more. Welcome back. You are listening to The Breakfast Show with Lawson and Mon. Lawson filling in for Lyle. Until tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Lyle will be back. That's the, okay. Get the other L like in. Yeah. <laughs> Lawson, did you know that your hobby could change the world? Which one? Well, just a hobby, not your hobby. Oh, okay. Okay, I was going to say like... Yeah, hobbies can change okay. the world. In specific, sewing... Do you know sewing, sewing can change the world? Okay, your hobbies can change the but it's sewing. <laughs> sewing can change the Maybe world. Maybe not you specifically, Lawson, <laughs> but like humans in general, their uh-huh. hobbies can uh-huh. change the world. In this in this case, sewing. Mm. You don't know how to sew? I... Could you stick a button back on a shirt? Yeah. Have you tried? No. Then you probably don't know how to do it. I Well, <laughs> I, I, you know, you classic, figure it out, right? classic like year four and five, like uh-huh. sewing in class. Oh. But I was like, you know, when we hit like when we could get electives in year nine and it was like D and T had like that sewing section. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to do metal work instead. You know? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I know how to sew. So I, my habits can change the world. Dude, you're legit. Like you, she, dude, you can, you can crochet, you can sew, she can I'm do it so all. I'm so impressed. You know, the difference between sh- crochet and knit. Most people just say, Oh, you can knit. And I'm like, well, I can, but I prefer to crochet. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> we have our guest uh, interview today who has been with us before. And today will be giving us a update on some very exciting news. Welcome to the show, Lisa Taylor. Oh, Lisa Taylor. Hello. Oh, there you are, Lisa. Sorry, yeah. our producer was chatting. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. <laughs> now, Lisa, we had you uh, a couple of months ago and you told us all about the uh, the ministry, the charity that you are involved with called Days for Girls. And uh, we, I think we're going to have to do a quick rehash just to remind our listeners what that's all about. And then we're going to hear a little bit about your recent mission trip uh, that was involved with Days for Girls. So tell us again, what is Days for Girls? Okay, Days for Girls is a uh, global movement. Uh, oh, hang on. Hang on a sec, Lisa, uh, we've lost her. Are you there? Oh, there you are, Lisa. Okay, sorry. Yep. <laughs> Take that from the top. What is Days for Girls? Okay, so Days for Girls, it's a, um, a global movement 
that prepares and distributes sustainable, reusable menstrual um, pads for girls that otherwise would miss um, school. Wow. So, yeah, this is actually really important. I, I was talking to Lawson about it, and we have in front of us two of the samples um, because you guys posted them to me. I'm very excited about them. So we have two samples of yeah. these uh, washable, reusable pads. And, like, it doesn't – when I told Lawson that we're going to be doing this interview tomorrow, he was like, what? Why in the world is that important? That's kind of <laughs> gross. Can you explain to him, please, Lisa, why it is important that women in third-world countries and developing countries have access to these products? Oh, it's just so important. There's so much stigma in these countries that um, there's something wrong with them at this time of the month and they're, they're um, ostracised, they're put in sheds, they're isolated from their families, they're removed from their families, they are made to sit on cardboard for, um, the, you know, for five days, seven days maybe. Um, they, they don't have access to things, so they're putting leaves between their legs, corn cobs. Um, wow. It's just... Yeah, and because of that, they cannot go to school. So Days for Girls is a way of empowering um, girls to stay in school because if you miss you know, a week of school every month, it doesn't take long before they get so far behind um, yeah. and just, you know, they don't end up going to school. It's a downward so spiral, really. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a spiralling thing. And if you can educate the women, um, it just helps the entire community. Yeah, we've actually, I remember um, at the beginning of this year, we did a, we looked at the stats about how yeah. if you empower the and educate the women of communities, it often uh, translates to the entire community um, being pushed forward because they then share what they've learned with their kids because they're the ones that usually teach the kids. And it just, it actually alleviates the entire community, not just one group. Um, so empowering women is actually really important in third countries. And like, I mean, I was reading on the website because you, you guys have a website, daysforgirls.org. Um, yeah. You know, so, sometimes these girls, they sit on a cardboard box when they have their cycle and like they won't even go and get food. They have to rely on other people to get them food um, because mm. they're just stuck on these boxes. They don't have anything. Are you beginning to understand now, Lawson, why it's so important? Oh, no, that that's rough. Um, yeah. I've got three sisters, so uh-huh. like... I know it's up, like, yeah. in, in some way. You know, as, as much as I can possibly know, I, I, I know. And, uh, yeah, well, can no, you imagine rough. if your sisters had to stay home a week out of every month? Mm. Like, how encumbered their lives would be. They'd be nowhere near where they are now. Yeah, 100%. Anyway, yeah. so um, so Days for Girls, actually, it's a, it's a huge team effort, isn't it? So how does, how does the teamwork uh, all come together? It, it's, an, it's an amazing team. So... Um, and if you do get on the website, you can see like there's there's chapters um, all around Australia, all around the world that um, people get together. They um, they you know cut out the 100% cotton fabric. They cut out liners made of flannelette. They sew them together. Um, they make a drawstring bag so that they can put because um, in the kit mm. they have two days for girls shields. They have eight liners made of flannelette. Um, two pairs of undies, small soap, washcloth. They have a little chart so they can keep track of their menstrual cycle with instructions and two um, freezer bags and it's all in a drawstring bag. So all around the world people are making these um, these kits and um, yeah, it's just amazing. Like In Townsville where I am, we have people that will sew at home, we have people that will donate money or donate fabric that we can we use and then we might have days where we all come together um, and we'll do packing days to prepare everything to go overseas. So, yeah, I some really, people... 
I really love that aspect of this ministry in that there's so many different ways that people can help. They can you know, donate the stuff, donate the mm. money, sew at home, sewing groups, organize sewing groups. Like it's, it's There's so many different aspects that you can get involved. I think it's great. And because, you know, Lawson doesn't know how to sew, so Lawson could like donate me some fabric <laughs> and I could sew this stuff together and send it on. So we could oh, be a great team. E- exactly. You can you can be a cutter at home just cutting out the moisture-proof liners oh, nice. or tracing them because you have to trace them first onto the fabric mm. and then pass it on to the next person who might just you know cut around them we even have a job for someone to um unwrap the motel soaps so they can go into the um you know into the, the kits to go away that's great so that is literally the perfect job there's jobs for everybody perfect job for when, you you mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now lisa when we had you on last time you were on the cusp of about to go overseas and uh, and do some mission work involving days for girls so you're obviously back now um how did that all go where did you go and where did you go how long did you go for? Tell us all about it. I'm very excited to hear about this. All right. So we went to Nepal. Um, it was a 10-day trip over there. And they went with, um, there was 15, 15 of us. There was five 15-year-olds. Um, and we had people from Cooktown, from Mackay, from one New Zealander, um, people from Townsville, and one from Alice Springs. And we all got together and went over um, to a really small village that was uh, very, very poor, and it was 27 k's from Kathmandu. Oh. And before we went, we raised $25,000. Wow, nice. Um, and then we sent a lot of that money over to start with so the local community could buy the resources that we'd need and start prepping the school with local workers. So when we got there, we um, painted, the, like, cleaned all the walls off, painted the school inside and out. We... Um, like put in, we put in a toilet block. Or we, they had a toilet block there. They built ready for us to paint um, and tile. Uh, water taps we installed, and my husband's electrician, so he put in fans in the classrooms. And the young fifteen-year-olds, um, they painted a big mural in the early childhood mm. room, which we set up. And yeah, we purchased um, like a lot of educational things and, and just your basic things like pencils and paper, which we take for granted and think that oh, you know. That's not a big issue. But I asked the principal for a pencil and it took three people over five minutes rummaging through drawers, looking through different rooms to find a pencil, just a lead pencil. Mm. So it was a big (laughs) eye-opener for me um, as a teacher to think that you couldn't even find a pencil. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yeah, and they don't have just things like paper to, to, to write on. Like that was... It was scarce. Like you didn't just waste paper. You you looked after every piece of paper and wrote on every tiny corner. And yeah, yeah, a, that must be a big thing. I'm just trying to think. Like you know, for a teacher to to be teaching in that classroom, they must be so creative in, in in having to teach these kids, you know, how to read and write. Yeah, well, especially write if there's nothing to write with and nothing mm. to write on. Yeah, and the other thing that was a huge eye-opener for me was as we're working along, we're just looking in the you know classrooms through the, the windows because they're just like you know cement classrooms that we rendered um, and cement floors and open windows and there's no teacher in there, but mm. the kids are all sitting in there and there'd be no teacher in there for you know, over an hour and then a teacher would come and then there'd be another class with no teacher in them, but the kids would just be sitting in the classroom and what happens is there's not enough teachers to teach the, mm. the children, so they would just leave the kids and, you know... Go from classroom to classroom? Come back. 
Mm. And and for me as a teacher, it's like, what? There's no way I could even leave my mm. class. But um, yeah. so I had an opportunity to teach. I'd, I'd just go in and start teaching them some English and we'd do some things. And that was just a really good experience. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty special. Wow. No, that's, that's, I just kind of want to get on a plane right now and go to Nepal yeah. <laughs> and start helping out, roll up the sleeves. How many of the uh, Days for Girls kits were you able to hand out there? So we handed out 100 of the kits. Wow. So we had two information sessions. The first one was with the um, just the girls from the school and um, then the second this, and a couple of teachers. And the second day we uh, invited the, the parents of the girls to, to come and um, people in the community to come so um, we handed out some more then but you have to do an information session you can't just hand them out so yeah I was I was wondering that because you know when I first heard about this and I saw the pictures I was like what is it you know it took, it took me a while to figure it out but I guess you know if you just hand it to them they might not have any idea how to use it what to use it how to use it hygienically as well um, so I think that's yeah. really great and uh, and I think I think what you're doing is really powerful when you mm. do the information session for the parents as well. And um, because mm. I think that the, the men particularly need to be, no offense, Lawson, Ouch. need to be educated, educated about this because uh, I was watching a, a BBC documentary um, just recently and they were showing how, uh, for the most part, it's sort of being combated, but there are still pockets in the world where people think that when um, a woman is, you know, on her menstrual cycle, that she's somehow polluted with demons or something and they ostracize them and they force them to like leave the village and and go and stay in some hut somewhere isolated and without any like warmth and this kind of a thing and so i think it's great that there's not only steps taken to create these products and to hand them out but also to educate about them yeah. i think it's really important so is there yeah, any that, ch- go on that was um that definitely was a really big part and we had um two translators they were just young girls they were um 18 and 19 in their years because as soon as you're born you're one so oh, okay <laughs> for us they'd be 17 and 18 year old girls but um they so before um uh, did the presentation went through it with them and spoke to them and you know talked about what we'd be you know what I'd be explaining and going through the the flip charts just to make sure and the diagrams to make sure everything was going to be culturally okay and there's a part in there about um trafficking and they're like you must talk about this you have to talk about human trafficking Mm. and they're just telling me how big a problem it is and how many girls in Nepal go missing and Mm. they're taken over to the border to India and used as sex slaves and Mm. um and, and the self-defense part, they're like, you have to tell us this. And, and so we did. We're acting out self-defense moves and wow. explaining things like that. But that was just, you know, such a huge part that we didn't even think. Yeah, um, like you'd think just you know, handing out like pads, like how it mushrooms and grows from there to, you know, protecting girls from, from sex slavery. That's just enormous. Like, yeah, mm. yeah just how that, how that grows. That's really incredible. Do you ever teach these people how to make – um, these things themselves because the, the kits, like the, the washable pads, I think they're only like valid, I mean, not valid, but they're only good for like about three years. Is, do they yep. get taught how to sew them themselves, stitch them together? Well, when it first started off the, the days for girls, it was more that people were doing it, um, for them and taking them over. But now, um, we're pushing into the, the, the part. And at the moment, there's a big, um, fundraiser for days for girls and they're trying to encourage people to to donate so um people can be trained up to 
to actually learn how to make these themselves in their communities um, and make it like a business where they can provide them, sell them at a cheaper price, um, but make it so that we can reach more people. So it's sort of being pushed forward more sort of like in the African area Mm -hmm. where it was established you know, first over there, uh, like in 20, 2008 now. So that's a, that's an area where um, they're giving advice, they're, they're setting people up because you have to be set up with overlockers, with sewing machines, with, you know, cutting machine, you know, implements. And there's a few things that you have to set them up with. Um, but once you, you do that, that's not a problem. Like that's easy to teach them and to do it. But, uh, yeah, that's just... You know, like when we go to New Guinea and things like that, um, they don't have those resources yet. So some of the places are just giving them the kits, but we are training them as well to be able to make the sustainable pads in their own, um, you know, countries as well. Yeah, every day is a step forward. So what's the website that we can go to if we would like to donate or get involved? So it's just Days for Girls. And you can go on there at Days for Girls Australia. And if you go on that one, you can click on to the different states you are and find out the different um, chapters and, and places around to, to help. But, um, yeah, it's a, awesome. a really good site. And it shows you, you can get on there and have a look at, um, or Days for Girls, just the, uh, there's like little videos and I'll show you like um, the problem and how it just changes people's lives when they, they receive these, these mm. kits. Wonderful. Even when we were there, like handing the kits out, um, when we first showed them the, the kits and they opened them up and they got to play, and they, these girls had never seen underwear before. They had oh, wow. never owned a pair of undies, and they were holding them up by the legs and they were turning them around. And we like, we actually <laughs> had to get um, the youngest daughter to stand on a table and demonstrate how to put undies on. Wow! It, it was just. You know, such an eye opener, and and mm. just the look on their faces when they, you know, and they and they we told them this is your kit to keep, and they're just blown away because and, they're, they're also really bright and beautiful. Like we're looking at the ones on our desk oh. here, and they just they look. Really, Lawson's been playing with them nonstop. There's br- bright colours. They look really attractive. Yeah. They're very nice. Yeah, and the um, <laughs> it was it was it was pretty funny because when um, I demonstrated and I put water in the shield and was carrying it around and they you know they're feeling underneath especially the older ladies and they're like they just thought it was magic that it would be dry underneath and wet on top um and and incontinence is a huge issue in nepal a big issue with the, the women after they have their children and even the younger girls because um of um you know being mm-hmm. raped earlier on when they're younger mm-hmm. um there's a lot of incontinence so it can not just be used for periods it can be used for incontinence as well Mm, and nice. providing the education, showing them how to use it, how to, um, and it, it it doesn't look like a, a pad. Like when you pull the liner out, it just looks like a hanky. So, you know, it, it is okay to put them out in the sun and to dry. And um, yeah, it was just an eye opener. <laughs> wow, thank you so much, Lisa. Really appreciate you coming on the show this morning and uh, and sharing some of the work that Days for Girls are doing. A really great. Uh, a ministry and charity that we should definitely get behind. So go check out their website, daysforgirls.org. And Lisa, have you heard that Lyle and I are going to be sharing big news tomorrow? I have heard that, You should yes. tune in because Days for Girls plays a part in our big news that we're sharing tomorrow. So, yeah, stay tuned for that one. Thanks again, Lisa. <laughs> we're going to be back with the 8 o'clock news, and after that will be our Encounter with God section. For now, enjoy Melissa Otto with Just You and Me. Yeah. 